Slade's, Slade Cleaves, a sung by Michael Albiar. Thanks be to God for Slade and Michael. Somebody was worried that I would not be wearing green. <laughs> So we're in the middle of Lent. Lent. It's uh, this 46-day uh, time within the liturgical calendar that started with the first Sunday in Advent, where we prepare our hearts and our minds and our souls to make room for the resurrection of the risen King. Amen. So it's uh, 46 days between Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. You get Sundays off for those of you who decided to not drink Coke for Lent. You get to drink a Coke today, if you didn't know that. It's this weird time where we kind of give up something to, like I said, like clear our hearts and our minds and our souls. It's weird. So we're doing this um, sermon series about being busy. And the point is, is that we are so busy that sometimes we do not make time for God. And so uh, we're, it's already been alluded to, and, and I'll read it to you here in just a minute. We're preaching, I'm preaching from today, the 23rd Psalm, and if you've noticed, like, I have no notes. And so if you were here for the 815 service, you're in store for a totally different sermon. <laughs> and if you stay for 1115, it'll be different again. So the first time I preached for this, uh, it was, uh, uh, well, I got drafted to do a funeral. And as a certified lay minister, I'm allowed to do funerals. I was in the middle of a CLM training. I had one more module to go. I got the grace and permission of my CLM teacher and uh, also the district superintendent to do this funeral. And uh, I went through and talking to the family, decided I was gonna preach from the 23rd Psalm and I got a phone call and the lights were out at church. And so when I got here, like an hour later, the lights weren't just out, like they were half out. Like it was like half a problem, it seemed to be. Uh, but it was really kind of weird because the screens didn't work, but the piano did. Uh, the lights were like half on in the back, but all the way out in the front. Uh, one side was in pitch dark, the other side had lights. And I got up to preach, and in the middle of preaching, the power went out in the building completely. It's weird. Um, it actually turned out really great because the daughter was like, we used to go camping all the time, and every time we went camping, nothing went right at all. So the fact that this funeral did not go right was perfect, and she felt that her mom had, was in, present in the room. And so. But then more often than not, we, we come to the 23rd Psalm, especially within the last 100 years, we come to the 23rd Psalm uh, more familiar with it because we hear it at a funeral. And in fact, the last time I heard the 23rd Psalm was at my father's funeral in February. They give us these little cards. The Lord is my shepherd. This is the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. 
He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. church, I think more often than not, looking for grace. We come to church more often than not, looking to restart our year. We wake up, we get ready, we move the proverbial or literal empty bottles out of our way as we get ready. All we're looking for is just one more good year. Maybe just one more good day. And some grace. And we forget those of us who are so busy raising kids that when we became parents, we, and this is my view, so I'll editorialize really, really quick. This is me talking. I feel that like when we accepted to become parents of Seth, and for those of you who didn't know, we adopted Seth, that Sarah and I removed our, ourselves from this world. We had made a place for Seth, and then it's our job for the rest of our lives forever to be his parents. Come to church looking for grace and just one more good year, forgetting about our Heavenly Father because we're so busy. I have been so busy for the last 18 months, 19, I guess, now, if you, for those keeping count, scoring at home. We put our house on the market in September of 2017, and uh, the job of keeping it clean and ready to show at a moment's notice uh, was mine. And I'm not like the greatest, cleanest, like, you know, person. And so it had to be perfect. And, uh, and then we sold the house six months later, and uh, I was left to coordinate uh, moving us. And then we received a, an amazingly wonderful gift where two people here in the church gave us a place to stay rent-free. But it's somebody else's place. And as my mom always used to say, you know, fish and guest smell after five days. And so there was that, you know, we, we were guests in somebody else's place kind of worried that are we starting to smell. And then we moved in to our new house and it's been great and it's been fantastic.
but with any of you who have moved into a new house, new construction, there's like a list of things that you have to get fixed. And so our list of things, things, uh, you know, every day off, like I've been dealing with that. And if you follow me on, on Facebook, which I highly don't recommend, uh, and you saw my post yesterday is that if you love me, if you love someone, you let them nap. <laughs> and so just to let you know, my love language is two things, um, naps and pride. So, uh, so I didn't get to nap yesterday because our heater, our brand new heater, doesn't work. And every day this week, the guy has come out, and he's like an amazing, like he's really nice, and he's really gracious, and, and uh, so he's been working on it all week, and changing this part out to that part, and all this kind of stuff, and, and yesterday he changed a lot of parts out, and it still wouldn't work, and so as I speak to you right now, they're putting in a brand new heater at our house, which is like amazing. But every 30 minutes he would ring the doorbell and I would have to get up and, you know, well, I found this thing. Well, I found this thing. Well, I found that thing. And so my week of busy, I didn't get a chance to really do what I wanted to do, which was watch some basketball. Really, let me just be honest, nap through some basketball. <laughs> Dreaming about... <laughs> So we have gone through so much, you know, we, we moved, and the day after we moved in, which I kind of think about that in a way, um, uh, how many of you guys listen to Vampire Weekend? Okay, so uh, there's a band called Vampire Weekend, and uh, they have a song called, uh, I'm gonna kill this, I think, I think it's called Harmony. It's a, it's a brand new song that just came out. It actually came out the day before my dad passed away. And um, there's a line in there that says, uh, I don't want to die, but I don't want to live like this. And I think that that's what my dad kind of was thinking in his head on the night that he passed away. But somehow, some way, the Holy Spirit kind of touched on him and said, your boys are okay. Your youngest just finally moved into it his dream house, and it's okay, you can let go. And literally, my dad did, and that's like awesome. And so then you go to a funeral, and you hear a clinker song. And so because I am a steward, and I require you guys to put on your spiritual thinking caps, and um, to use your spiritual imaginations, I'm going to twist it for you just a little bit. But fact, how did the 23rd Psalm become the Psalm of Psalms? I mean, think about it. Well, how many Psalms are there? Well, 150, right? And, uh, and if any of you were going to say anything about the Psalm, you would say the 23rd Psalm. Does anybody know what's in the 91st Psalm, the 35th Psalm, the 150th Psalm? Well, we know the 23rd Psalm. And we have the movies to thank for that. Really, seriously, the movies. The very first funeral scene that was in a movie, they read the 23rd Psalm. And so thereafter, we have been using the 23rd Psalm in our funerals because we like and imitate art, right? That's what we say, amen. So, uh, so there's that. There's also the fact that 
um, we attribute King David with having written the 23rd Psalm. And he writes it when he's on the run from King Saul. He's hungry, he's tired, he needs a place of rest, and he's thirsty. And God provides for him a place of respite. We know in the story that he finds a cave, and there's some food, and there's some drink, and there's a place for him to hide from King Saul. And um, so the rest is history. Not quite. See, a few hundred years, maybe a thousand years before him, our king in Assyria writes a poem that sounds a little bit like the 23rd Psalm. Uh, Hammurabi, you know, Babylonian law, the code, uh, he writes a little something that looks like the 23rd Psalm. Somebody in Egypt writes something that looks a little bit before the 23rd Psalm. So David, keep in mind, Ross thinks David is a bratty, impetuous child. <laughs> He is either like the most original guy ever, or he's the most famous plagiarist in all of history. The 23rd Psalm. From the new, new revised standard version of the Bible. The Lord is my my uh, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He lets me rest in grassy meadows, he leads me to restful waters. He keeps me alive. He guides me in proper paths for the sake of his good name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no danger, because you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they protect me. You set a table before me right in front of my enemies. You bathe my head in oil. My cup is so full it spills over. Yes, goodness and faith and love will pursue me all the days of my life. I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. It's just reeking with, um, I can't figure this out between services, like sheep husbandry? Were you guys like in 4-H? Anybody? Dana, were you in 4-H? That's right, like sheep husband, like raising sheep, right? But, yeah, okay, I just want to make sure. I'm... It's crazy in here sometimes. <laughs> but I want you to, to take out the, the shepherd part of it. <clears throat> he lets me rest in grassy meadows. Meaning like he lets you rest. And what's greater than being with the, the, the sunshine on the small of your back and being able to enjoy the warmth on your face and being able to lie down in like a park have a picnic, and uh, that's like the greatest, isn't it, of springtime? Restful waters, especially for us here in the desert, you know, a nice, cool, refreshing glass of water, like that's good stuff. And then he guides us in his namesake. And then he protects us even in death, he protects us through that dark place. You know, I just thought of this right this very second, so I haven't sussed this out totally yet. But, you know, they say like there's a, a tunnel, a dark tunnel with a light at the end, and you're supposed to go to the light. He beckons you. He takes care of us so well that he prepares a table for us 
to suffer with our enemies. We bathe our head in oil because olive oil is in abundance because there's not always water, and that allows us to be clean. provides us with so much that our cup runneth over. Goodness and faithful love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the Lord's house as long as I live. Or as long as I allow myself to live. See, grace is easily found. Even if there are empty beer bottles on the floor, proverbially or literally, we just have to stop and slow the world down. There's a book. Honest with you, I know I've known about this book since it was printed um, back in the 90s, the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. It is called Amusing Ourselves to Death. Uh, it has been revised just recently to include uh, the internet in the book. I've been so busy for the last 30 years since my mom has given me this book that I haven't read. I haven't read it because what am I doing to amuse myself to death? Because see, the, the title of the book is just, it's like a dagger to the heart. In the grand scope of the history of the Bible, the 23rd Psalm may not be the Psalm of Psalms. But the message in it may cause us to take a moment of pause, a moment of respite, to be thankful for the grace found in it. That no matter what it is that it looks like out there, here in Las Cruces, right here, we can accept our green pastures and the trickle of water that flows down the Rio Grande. We can accept the still waters. I think that that's what the 23rd Psalm is calling us to do. Just take it for what it is. No more, and no less. But as the great cooks that we are, the great cooks of life that we are, that dish of lasagna that you know somebody made that was just fantastic, we take that recipe home and we think that it needs just a dash more oregano, or or maybe just a little bit more salt, or or uh, you know what, maybe maybe some rosemary and some thyme, 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 thyme. Maybe that's what we're looking for. Not grace, but time. But we think that we can make the recipe better. 
Oh, and we're New Mexicans, so a dash of green chili, of course. We take this stuff called Bermuda or fescue, and we put it in our yards, and we take the most valuable resource that we have and water the heck out of it. Because we think we can make the desert just that much more beautiful. don't accept what it is that we've been given. Snow on the Oregon Mountains in March. A beautiful 60 degree sunny day and a beautiful snowy Saturday morning. Five-year-olds running on the soccer field, missing goals. so busy that sometimes we do not make room for God. The point of this whole weird thing called Lent and the point of this whole weird thing called church on Sundays is for us to take hold of time and let go of the busy that is in our lives because we praise a God, we worship a God who has plenty of time for us. If you've raised children, or if you have not, I'm sure that you've heard of a timeout chair. to go and sit down. More often than not, I think the timeout is for us. We give a timeout when a break is needed. I'm going to be honest with you, it's been hard for me to do this prayer chair thing this week. You know, we were called to action last week to sit down in this chair and to do the exercises that were given to us each week, each day of the week, whether it was to reappoint, to listen to a song, to pray a prayer. The few times that I did do it, I, I sat down and I had to, to make myself present in that moment for God. So I listened to some music, read something, the news, 
too much time on Facebook. And then when I was ready, that's when I would put my phone down and turn the music off and just be there in that moment. Perhaps we need to think about the consequences of an action or just need to take a break from the intensity of this thing that we call life. Perhaps we were spiraling emotionally and need some perspective. Perhaps we just need to be quiet so we can change the course of action or possibly a reaction. In this series, we're giving ourselves a timeout. We're sending ourselves to the prayer chair. will be a time for letting go of the things we do not need that are weighing us down. Sometimes known as a confession, an assurance, or petition. These three ways of reconnecting with God are ancient and just make so much sense. In confession, we let go of regret about the past, unburdening our hearts. And then we remember the promise and assurance that God will never abandon us never take away our green pastures, our still waters. No matter what, even when sometimes we are the ones that have been distant from Him. And in petitions, we let go of worry about the things we cannot control and worry about the future, giving it all the loving God who holds us close and rocks us gently. My hope is that you will also designate a prayer chair at home and find time each day to give yourself a time out in the prayer chair to let go, to remember God's presence, to feel it, to be present, and to ask God to hold all those you hold dear. So let us just start with some silence. And it's okay not to try to find words to feel that silence in your head. And it's okay if thoughts won't quiet down. Just find a stillness, perhaps a calling your attention to the feet on your floor, your hands in your lap, and your breath in and out. There's nothing expected of you now. There's nowhere to go, nowhere to be. The stillness, this stillness, this being is enough. We're going to give you two minutes right here, right now, to be present with the Creator, with the Redeemer, and with the Sustainer. 